Hi everyone, my name is Joseph and welcome to Digimon Seekers uh, Chapter 3 Part 10 Unit 11 Digital Missing in Action uh, So let's go ahead and get into the first quote Logomon, meanwhile, entertained their guests Thankfully, said guest is well versed in the digital world and knew how to handle conversing with the Hollowized, with the Hollowized Digimon Thanks for sticking around until I could uh, wow, my place is a mess. Sorry about that, Eiji muttered, scrubbing his head dry with the towel as he sat down. Don't worry about it. My place, excuse me everyone, you guys could hear scraping in the background. That's my other cat. Uh, he's using the litter box, so <laughs> I'm not sure if one is able to hear that. Uh, so let me continue. Eiji muttered, scrubbing his head dry with the towel as he sat down. Don't worry about it. My place doesn't look much different, the man replied, the man being Koski. Uh, Eiji let out a massive sigh. Day's worth of anguish forcing its way out of him. And it's a bit late to be saying this, but sorry for barging in here unannounced. The man took a sip from his canned coffee. He looked, uh, he looked supremely relaxed and at ease, and E.G. found himself strangely relaxed as well. So what I like about this quote is just how it humanizes Koski. So far, what I really appreciate about the courtization being done with Koski is that despite being the leader of an organization, and I would argue a well-respected leader within this organization, he is very much down to earth. He seems like he is not um, out of his element, or rather uh, his head is in the clouds, not out of his element, but essentially he's not arrogant. He seems to know how to communicate with other individuals, and I think that's really cool. The fact that uh, E.G. apologizes for the messiness of his room, but then Koski, he could have just said, no, it's fine, I came unannounced, it's not your fault, right? But rather, Koski says that but also includes oh but my place looks similar to this so you don't have to be uh, too concerned about this right <clears throat> personally i just really like that i think it adds a little bit more weight to the uh to the dialogue a uh, really good example about this would be if anyone's ever seen deadwood more specifically deadwood the movie there's a specific scene where a character says that uh, a, a random character just a, a no-name character says about the antagonists uh, i won't say the antagonist's name for spoilers um, but essentially they say, I hope you die in an alleyway, uh, really strong line, right? Obviously emphasizing that this random character doesn't like the antagonist, but what the movie does is that after he states this line, he includes the way my dad died and that additional little detail, I hope you die in an alleyway, the way that my dad died, the way that my dad died, that just makes it a lot more personal. Uh, this random character despises the antagonist so much so that he's wishing upon him a personal incident uh, that they probably got a lot of uh, joy from, unfortunately, right? They probably didn't have a positive relationship with their father, uh, yet despite this, they really want to make sure that the antagonist suffers as much as their own dad, right? So again, I hope you die in an alleyway. That really does uh, indicate that one is not liked, but to also include the way that my dad died, <laughs> that it makes it a lot more personal. So I feel like that's what's going on right here. Uh, E.G. apologizes for the state of his apartment <clears throat> and then Koski says um, uh, My place doesn't look rather don't worry about it. My place doesn't look much different And then beyond that what I also like is how he further apologizes for coming in unannounced just barging in uh, unexpectedly uh, Koski seems to be a very well-mannered individual. It makes a lot of sense why Asaya would be attracted to him and why he was able to work so um, uh, well with the professor uh, Yolene and Saya because he seems to be quite um, charismatic So continuing forward. Hey, that's the raggedy Digimon we met in the Waslam Logomon barks This is after Koski Hollowizes Doromon. The Digimon before them was one 
was the one who tasked them with mapping the 9th district as an entrance exam of sorts for the SOC. They removed their rags to reveal a bushy tail and small wings protruding from their back. They were a rookie Digimon about the same size as Logomon. My name is Doromon, I'm not Raggedy. This is my friend and partner Digimon, Tartarus said by way of introduction. The three-man apartment was beginning to feel quite cramped with two people and two Digimon now sitting inside. Wait, no, hang on. You're the interviewer, Iji yelped, pointing directly at Tartarus. The interviewer you met at the start of all this is Tartarus's other avatar, Doromon confirmed. Only a handful of people were supposed to know about that little entrance exam. So even if he was lying about Tartarus, about being Tartarus, he was at least uh, pretty high up in the SOC. <clears throat> so with this quote, um, what I appreciate about it is specifically, so I'm not going to lie, this is a very small element, but I really do love it when Digimon as a property emphasizes how Digimon are not just um, pets or uh, lesser than humans, but rather they're equal to humans. And I love how Koski introduces Doramon. Uh, this is my friend and partner, Digimon. So <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. It's mainly because of that line that I wanted to share this with everyone else. Uh, but I didn't want it to be that line by itself out of context because I think it would have had it would not have that same impact. Uh, when taken as a whole, I think it really adds a lot to the scene. Uh, the way that Logomon, uh, as a, he's he's such an interesting character. Uh, um, he I would argue he is a, a, a respectful towards other individuals, but he's also quite uh, kooky, or rather, he likes to act um, uh, brashly at times. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say is that I don't think Logomon's a rude character, uh, but he does have a tendency to say what's on his mind, um, uh, essentially almost like without a filter. So I love how he says that you're the raggedy Digimon we met in the Wasp Love. Not to say raggedy Digimon. <laughs> he could have said, hey, you were the Digimon who was wearing raggedy clothes, right? That at least implies that, well, one was wearing a cost, not a costume, sorry, a, a disguise of some sort, but rather by saying raggedy Digimon, he's calling Doromon directly raggedy. So um, Doromon's response, my name is Doromon, and I'm not raggedy. I think that's really cute, adorable, and adds uh, further uh, interaction between Logomon interacting with another Digimon. So far, up to this point, we've only seen him battle other Digimon and only speak with uh, Postmon in a conversational setting, right? Now we have Doromon as well. And I think it's really cool so far. And um, I already talked about the introduction. I love how Koski says, this is my friend and partner Digimon. I think it would have been just as easy to say this is my partner Digimon and my friend, but I think it's really telling that friend is brought up before partner Digimon. This is one of those instances where I wish I could see the original translation, not because I think the translation is bad, but rather I'd love to see the diction, the wording of the original. Do they list a friend first over partner? And if it does, I think that's really strong textual evidence to suggest that Koski um, treats Digimon as, as well as equals. Again, I think that will make a lot of sense why he's working with the professor, because again, I would argue the professor seems to have that same mindset that Digimon are not just tools, they're not just uh, uh, inferior beings, but rather their own little set of culture, identity, and personalities. They, they, they're, they're sapient, right? Um, so yeah, I really do like that line. If I could see the original to confirm that friend comes first, it will make me love that line. And, um, and then pointing out that Tartarus essentially has multiple avatars. So that's really an interesting detail. The last part, the interviewer you met at the start of all this is Tartarus's other avatar. For some reason, I always thought the Digimon could use disguises, but I never really thought of the humans being able to use different avatars. But I suppose that would make a lot of sense, right? I mean, in real life, 
you have multiple personalities within social media. When I say multiple, multiple personalities, I mean like multiple usernames. For example, one has PSN, Xbox Live, Steam, Nintendo Switch Online, and so forth. One is going to have to utilize a name, and also depending on the service, you might also be able to customize your appearance, right? For example, uh, this is true. Well, at least it used to be true with Xbox with their, um, <clears throat> I think they're just called avatars, right? <laughs> and then with Nintendo's with their Miis. Sony's the only one that's ever really utilized that. But a really more great example would be MMOs, uh, where you could have the same name across different properties like the Old Republic, Guild Wars 1, and Guild Wars 2, um, but the characters are not going to look the same. So I think, I never really thought about that. I, I think that's a cool little detail to include that the human operators are able to change their appearances when they're in the digital world as well. Um, yeah, <clears throat> continuing forward. Also, excuse me, this is a bit of a longer quote, but it's only long because like with the previous one, I don't want to take things out of context. Okay, so why? E.G. asked. Eh? Why would Tartarus, the legendary code cracker, bother with overseeing my interview? I couldn't think of one reason. You knew why I was trying to get into the SOC in the first place. Tartarus must have known about Professor Rusinji's directive. It was the only way E.G. could make it make sense. Huh. Marvin was right on the money about you. You feigned ignorance, but you're observant where it counts, Doramon said approvingly. He said what? E.G. swung his head around to look at Doramon. Exactly right. We know your professor, uh, we know your professor Rujinji spies. Come to see what you can't find out about the SOC, Doramon continued, brushing, uh, brushing E.G.'s question aside. And you led us into the SOC anyway? E.G. asked, a little uncertain uh, if he should direct his question to the man drinking coffee before him or the Digimon beside him. Well, we needed your muscle for one. I mean, you saved Martin's life during the attack on the X Nation's data servers, which I would like to once again thank you for. Yeah, no problem. You're rude, but polite where it counts, Logomon said, reprising Doromon. All of this is to say that we knew we could trust you precisely because you were the professor's little spies. If a cold cracker was good enough for the uh, if a cold cracker was good enough for Professor Ruzenji, they were good enough for the SOC. Wow. Cold cracking teams and Digimon respect the professor's instincts. No wonder they had welcomed him into the upper rank so quickly, despite his inexperience and lack of accomplishments. So originally, the line that I really wanted to focus on was if a code cracker was good enough for Professor Rusenji, they were good enough for the SOC. But I also wanted to read the beginning part as well, and I realized that I think these two portions, passages, go hand in hand. So that's why I decided to read it as one whole unit. So I want to focus on the first portion uh, um, the, where I started reading from. Um, so I love how, so as always, I, I mentioned this, so many characters, E.G. himself, highlight that he's a quote-unquote stupid individual, but as always, the narration tells us that that's not necessarily true. Superficially, it may seem like that's a, a detail about E.G., but when you get to know E.G., uh, that's actually a, well, just a superficial detail. It's not true about his personality, and I really love how E.G. almost right away uh, was able to pick up on the fact that He's been discovered. Oops, he's been discovered, essentially. I said oops because I, I usually have everything highlighted. I accidentally unhighlighted my quote, but it's fine. I know where it's at. Um, <clears throat> he's been discovered, and we saw in the previous part how he did his best to keep his secret more well, secret, um, but in here, he has no qualms of essentially revealing himself. And I think this really demonstrates how astute that he is, that he's able to pick up on details. Uh, and I think it's quite true. I wish I had mentioned this in the, when... Um, E.G. I first worked with Tartarus for Operation, oh, what was it called? Midnight Operation Infinity, uh, when they went to attack um, the Machine Jumon in the first place. Um, 
But I did find it quite interesting that right away, despite being a new member, EG was working with the higher-ups. I assume it was because of the mind link um, capacity or aspect, uh, but in that part where there was no name mind linkers as well, I came to realize, oh, wow, so there's multiple people who are working with partner Digimon. And now getting this detail makes a lot more sense why he was working with the higher-ups. It's because Tartarus and more than likely Marvin, everyone was aware that he was he being EG was sent by the professor. And if he's being sent by the professor, well then obviously EG's a capable individual. And um and yeah, so I just think it's really awesome that they're not tippy towing around um, the fact that EG knows something is up, but rather they, they direct it, they confront the issue head on. Um, I think that says a lot about the writing, that they do respect the audience's time, and I'm hopeful that as we continue, we'll, 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 I'll have a final conclusion once I have the whole text in front of me. But I've said this once before already, or maybe a couple of times, but I am quite impressed with the writing so far, and I'm, and I'm hopeful that this kind of style continues, this kind of um, uh, quality continues. Anyway, but let me look at my quote. So yeah, um, Marvin was right on the money about you. You feign ignorance, but you're observant where it counts. Again, I just really like that comment. So going to the second part of this quote, um, once again, I, I do appreciate uh, how Doromon, and I think if Doromon didn't say anything, Koski would have thanked uh, EG again. But the way that they're really emphasizing how he worked as a team member, how he assisted Marvin, and it was because of EG, that Marvin was able to be rescued. Uh, for me, that which is really emphasizes how it's not just Koski, but also his partner, how they emphasize community. And it's because of this that, well, Koski has the reputation that he does, or excuse me, I guess I should say Tartarus. He has the reputation that he does, and that's one of never uh, never losing a team member. Um, so obviously, there's this aspect of caring about the team is not just a directive coming from Koski, but it seems like it's a shared mindset with Doramon as well. And uh, I, I, I like that. In addition to what I like, I just like Logomon's response too. You're rude but polite. Where accounts, Logomon said, reprising Doramon. And then I see, uh, I think it's really interesting how much of a influence that the professor has. Um, since they knew, they being uh, Doramon and Tartarus knew that the EG and Logomon were sent by the professor. Rather than being suspicious about that, for them, that was a good thing. Oh, and the professor trusts these individuals, this team, and obviously we could trust them as well. They're obviously experienced and um, well-versed enough that they're not going to be a burden. Um, I'm, I'm really hopeful we're going to continue to learn more about the professor. At this point, I really don't think he's going to be an antagonist, an antagonist cynical force. Um, but with that being said, I, I still do feel like there's a little bit of mystery surrounding him still. And um, uh, the way that they've been introducing more elements, more information about the professor's character, I've been really appreciating that. Uh, like EG, the way that he was shocked at the end, excuse me. Wow, code, excuse me again, my, I accidentally unhighlighted my passage. Wow, code cracking teams and Digimon respect the professor's instincts. No wonder they had welcomed him into the upper ranks so quickly despite his inexperience and lack of accomplishments. I was quite surprised about that as well. Usually I'm used to where one side has a, uh, a higher up. They don't usually respect the other sides uh, equally higher up. Right? What I mean by that is if the good guys have a professor and the bad guys have a professor, those professors don't usually 
uh, cooperate and they usually have negative things to say about one another. But in this instance, we're seeing, oh, well, since the good guys work with this one individual and the bad guys also are aware they're working with that one individual, no bad mouthing is going on at play right here. Rather, we take that as evidence that we could go ahead and trust you at the very least in terms of your work ethic. Um, but yeah, moving forward, Tartarus, the Codecracker story, you mean, Dormont clarified, a story that now involves you and Logomon, not to mention me. Wait, so everything's gone according to the SOC's plan? Easy said, trying to jump ahead. I wouldn't go that far. All the necessary characters are in place, but we can't control the outcome, even if everyone plays their part, Doramon said uh, protentiously. I can't pronounce this, excuse me, protentiously. Uh, P O R T N T O U S L Y. Eiji <clears throat> felt like he had finally had something in the gap. Uh, excuse me. Eiji felt like he had finally had something to grasp on as he as all this unfolded. He still didn't understand the big picture yet, but he finally put a finger on why he was so worrying of this Doramon. It simply wasn't the fact that they were Tartarus's partner Digimon. It came down to the wit and will they possessed. He knew Digimon were creatures with personalities and free will in their own right, of course. The professor had disabused him of any no uh, had disabused him of the notion they were mere AI, but there was something fiercely independent about this Digimon. He couldn't shake the feeling that they had their own goals in mind. Why else would they take such a lead role, leaving the human partner to just sit back and watch the show? So this one, there's two elements I want to focus on. I want to focus on the first portion first. Um, so we obviously know we being the audience are kind of privy to what is the plan that uh, Tartarus has in mind. Uh, we recall in that flashback. <clears throat> where Tartarus um, utilized Doramon and they emphasized that they need to use another prototype Digimon. And they were thinking about Ryudomon and pointed out Logomon. Uh, obviously, they need Logomon for whatever objective that is behind that wall, that barrier, whatever it may be. Um, so we of the audience are aware about that. And so I wouldn't go that far. All the necessary characters are in place. So Logomon, Doramon, Ryudomon. We can't control the outcome, even if everyone plays their part. So that's really interesting to me. That tells me that they do have a plan about getting up to that barrier. But it's possible that they have a suspicion about what happens after that portion, after they enter the barrier or open the barrier, but they're not necessarily um, sure what will occur. Um, that could be a bad thing. That could be a good thing. I'm looking forward to when we finally get to that part of the story. For the second part of this quote, um... So, I do find it interesting that EG seems to find Doramon a little bit, um, I don't want to say untrustworthy, but just suspicious. Um, you couldn't shake the feeling that they had their own goals in mind. What else would they take such a lead role, leaving their human partner to just sit back and watch the show? I think this might be an instance of where Koski trusts Doramon. Uh, again, it's seeming like uh, Koski is very much aligned with the professor when it comes to the mindset about Digimon and who they are as individuals. It seems like so far... From these two groups, it's been these two characters specifically that always emphasize how Digimon are individuals. Koski uh, not to the same extent as a professor, but again, I would argue that I think we have enough textual evidence to conclude that they both have the same mindset, the same conclusion about Digimon. And so, um, I think there's just a lot of trust. I was just rereading the, the quote. I think there's just a lot of trust present between Koski. He's able to just drink coffee because he's probably talked about this, his plans and his goals, objectives, multiple times with Doramon. And so Doramon feels quite comfortable in 
knowing what it is that Kowski is trying to achieve. Essentially, what I'm trying to emphasize here is that I don't think Doramon is using Kowski and vice versa as well. I don't think uh, Kowski is using Doramon. I do believe that this is a partnership that's equal on both sides where agency is not going to be dismissed. Um, but I don't know what to make of the suspicious feelings that EG has of Doramon. Uh, I don't think anything negative will come from this, uh, but it wouldn't be surprising if maybe uh, Doramon, because again, these are prototype Digimon. It's been already established that prototype, not in the sense that they're not unlike other Digimon, just that they're a little bit older. Um, it was mentioned, I think, in uh, the last part or two parts ago. Um, so maybe um, Doramon's aware about something about the digital world. Who knows, right? As we continue with the story, that might be revealed. Um, but I do find that suspicion interesting. But I don't think anything bad will come from it. But I do think an interesting plot detail will emerge from it. Yeah, so I do like that. I also like how this is essentially emphasizes that despite the humans are working with the Digimon, the Digimon are, again, they're their own individuals. Um, they're not codependent on their human partners. Uh, it's a fully realized human working with a fully realized Digimon. Uh, I just really appreciate that. Moving on to the next quote. That's where the SOC's true purpose lies. We aim to save those who have gone DMIA. That's the reason Taurus established a team in the first place. That wasn't quite what EG expected to hear. Code cracking teams were usually formed to investigate something for a fee or else for some other purpose that appeared to some ideal or other. At least, that was what EG thought they were built around. So it's not about freedom of the net or in the digital world. Those are the code crackers' ideals, yes, but the core of the SOC is built around a much narrower vision. One share with only a handful of people at the top, Marvin being one of them. Humans and Digimon may belong to completely different worlds, we have agreed to work together to see this through, Doramon said. So I find this, uh, we finally discovered the SOC's true objective. This all began because the professor hired EG and Logomon to figure out what was uh, Taurus' objective. And now we know uh, that it's dealing with DMIA, more specifically Saya. As the audience, we know that that's Koski's main objective, more than likely. And that's to rescue Saya, wherever it is that may, uh, uh, whatever that may entail. Because uh, it's looking like that Black Aguma might be part of this as well. And, um, oh yeah, I just, it's, it's, I, this is, I would argue this is more of a minor quote, but I think this adds more to the characterization of the individuals uh, that are present in this story. Um, and I would argue, so... Now that we know the real, the real objective, what could I could see one putting the argument forward that Koski is a selfish individual since he's created the SOC or Sons of Chaos. Well, even that name, right, Sons of Chaos. Um, what's our objective? To save those who have gone into who have gone into a coma. To save those who are DMIA. Well, that doesn't sound like it's going to encourage chaos, right? It may sound like at first uh, Koski is using individuals, uh, but I do believe that he is sincere when he says that the Code Crackers' ideals. Uh, that's an aspect that the SOC, the SOC is keeping in mind. Um, but their real objective is to free those who have been, um, or who have fallen victim uh, to whatever aspects that the digital world uh, has to offer. Uh, so even though their goal is to rescue people, um, freedom on the net or in the digital world, I think that saying still applies here. Because what is it that Kosi is trying to do? Well, he wants the freedom to be able to save those that's, uh, that he's lost. To be, able to, to be able to regain the consciousness 
of um, his, the loved ones that encountered the digital world and try to figure out what exactly caused that loss in the first place, right? So even though it's a very personal objective, I do think it still goes aligned with the grander uh, view of code crackers, uh, the freedom of the net, the freedom of the digital world, uh, freedom to do what? Well, exactly, whatever it is that one wants. So Sons of Chaos, that might be uh, a, a, a inaccurate description of the group, right? Maybe they should have been called the Sons of Agency, right? <laughs> the Sons of Free Will or something like that, right? And actually, now that we're talking about the name of the group, Sons of Chaos, usually when we think of agency and free will, um, that's usually closely uh, cu coupled with chaos or destruction. I think that makes sense, right? Because when we're, when we're allowed to do what we want to do, some people are quite destructive, while others are quite protective. And so I don't think it's a, I, I don't think um, Sons of Chaos, I don't think that was an accident, despite the objective being positive. I think the reason that they're focusing on agency and freedom, that's what the chaos name comes from. So even though their objective is to save people, uh, at the end, Sons of Chaos, that's a monkey year that is not, um, it's too accurate of the group as a whole, right? Uh, some people might join because uh, they don't care about saving others, but what they do care about is being able to do what they want to do within the digital world, within the net, right? So hopefully that makes sense. Pardon me, I know that kind of went into a bit of a tangent, especially at the end, <laughs> the realization that chaos has some connection to agency and freedom. Uh, but yeah, let me make sure that's everything. And I also really like the last line, humans and Digimon may belong to completely different worlds, but we have agreed to work together to see this through. That again, it tells me, Doromon, as EG pointed out, does he have his own separate independent go? Um, is he working with Koski because their objectives do align, but again, only aligns in, the, in, the, in terms of the process, but the end goes, it's something different. They need to get through this gate uh, for Koski to save Saya, but for Doramon, maybe there's something else that's going on beyond this gate. I think Doramon's being really interesting. Uh, he's being built up as a really interesting character. Up to this point, I would uh, I would say that most of the interesting characters have been the human characters, and um, besides with Logomon. Uh, but at this point, uh, the mystery that's surrounding Doramon, I, I would argue that Digimon are, again, becoming the more mysterious aspect of this story, or rather the more intriguing part of the story versus the humans and what really quickly i'll explain what i mean by that um up to this point in the story i was really invested with the professor's story the sons of chaos more specifically tartarus slash koski's story obviously eg and leon's story and even the digipolice um i was really focused on these stories and i knew that digimon were a part of the journey but one is hopefully noticing but well, those are all human aspects that i was really looking forward to right this is the first part of the story where I'm thinking to myself, whoa, Doramon's being built up as to have this mysterious uh, objective, this mysterious goal. Uh, what is it about Doramon, right? So <laughs> I'm finding him to be the focal point of my interest this time. And then lastly, the last quote, but certainly not least. Okay, so let's go back to something you said earlier. I've been told that Tartarus never let anyone go DMIA, uh, DMIA on his missions, but earlier you told me you've been through what I'm going through. That someone went DMIA and it was your fault. Yes, his reputation precedes him, but that is a misunderstanding. One that gives too much credit, Tartarus said, stepping on his Digimon's explanation. EG sat quietly, waiting for someone to speak. I was the first person to lose someone in the digital world. I became a meticulous planner in order to avoid making the same mistake twice. That kind of behavior, that kind of behavior, excuse me, earns people a reputation. 
Tell me more, E.G. said. Tartarus fixed him with a steely gaze that softened into a hint of pain. As much as you're comfortable with, I mean, he added, trying to gauge the man's reaction. Tartarus agreed to tell his story. E.G. figured this was his plan all along. What else could he? Uh, what else could possibly have brought him to E.G.'s door? And that's where part uh, ten ends. Um, I love how so so far. I love how Tartarus seems to. Uh, what's the word? He seems to um, be very accountable. He's built up this reputation that no one under his leadership goes DMA, uh, DMIA, and he could choose to go ahead and let that reputation to stand. But obviously, he corrects that. Right? I love how he interrupts Doramon and he says that is a misunderstanding. One that gives me too much credit. Um, he obviously, I would argue, we could ask uh, Koski what he feels about that 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 detail about him that no one goes DMA under him. He probably doesn't like that idea. It probably gives him a little bit of pain. Why pain? Well, because it reminds him of his quote unquote failure, of the fact that when they first did Operation Tartarus to begin with, uh, with Saya and Yolene, well, it's someone that he did love and care for did go DMIA. Uh, so I, I just really like how there's a lot of accountability being shown with Tartarus' character right here. Uh, it's a misunderstanding, one that gives me too much credit. Um, but I would also argue that he's taking too much of the burden, right? Uh, we haven't really talked about this, but the fact that he takes the name Tartarus, when that was the operation where he lost his loved one, uh, I would argue that that's him uh, taking up more burden than he needs to. Again, he's blaming himself when he probably shouldn't be blaming himself as, as much as he should. Um... But yeah, hopefully that makes sense. And um, I also like, I was the first person to, I also like this line, I was the first person to lose someone in the digital world. I became a meticulous planner in order to avoid making the same mistake twice. Again, I think that really showcases the care that Koski has. Um, he became a meticulous planner uh, with new groups that he was working with, not just with the previous groups. And despite that, uh, if Koski didn't care, he wouldn't put as much effort with the new groups uh, that he did with the older groups. Right? Hopefully that makes sense. Let me rephrase that. If Koski was able to continue doing missions with Yolene and the professor, I would argue he's going to be much more careful with what he does because of what happened to Saya. But after Koski leaves and starts joining new groups, uh, new uh, teams of individuals that he's working with, he could disregard them, right? Well, you guys aren't people that I personally know. I barely met you. So why should I be as meticulous? Rather than argue that's looking like he was not like that. Rather, Koski went, okay, maybe I just met you, but the same techniques that I used to keep my old team safe, we're going to continue applying that here because I don't want anyone to go DMIA, even if I know you personally or if I don't know you personally. Again, that, that really shows that Koski is a good leadership, or at least he has leadership qualities that, that, that should be emulated. And that, again, he's a caring individual. And, um, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to the next part. It's looking like we're going to go to the past a little bit. Are we? Because we really got the backstory when it comes to Saya. So I'm quite curious. Maybe the next part, it is looking like we're going to go into another flashback of the next part. But we might, instead of going all the way back, we might be going up to the point, what did Koski do after Saya went DMIA? Uh, where did he come up to create the Sons of Chaos? What did he do to, uh, what did he, what convinced him to use Tartarus, a operation name, as his own personal name uh, for the digital world? Um, just so, I don't reckon, like, I am looking forward to that, but at the same time, I'm also not looking forward to another flashback after we just got back to the modern uh, story uh, to begin with. Uh, but hopefully, the, if we do go into a flashback, it won't be as long. It will just 
be that part, so part 11, or better yet, maybe half of part 11, and then there'll be a page break and we'll come back, we being the audience, we'll come back uh, to EG, uh, Koski, Doromon, and, and EG, uh, Logomon on uh, EG's little flat. So thank you so much for joining me, everyone. Uh, did you guys read this part as well? Are you excited that we're falling back in the present point, but also disappointed it's looking like we're going to go back into the past? Uh, my question for everyone is going to be, um, what do you think about Doromon? For me personally, he's he, um, so as I said already, Logomon reminds me of Terriomon, but, but uh, with a little bit more agency. Uh, Doromon's kind of reminded me of Giyomon a little bit, just because I don't know why, but when I read Doromon, I read him as a um, polite and also soft-spoken kind of Digimon. Um, and that kind of reminds me a little bit of Giyomon. So for, personally for me, uh, I am enjoying Doromon's characterization. So again, to reiterate my question for everyone is, uh, what do you think about Doromon? Are you enjoying uh, how he is so far? I, do, I am aware that besides for Digimon X, I believe that CGI movie is called, uh, Doromon's only been also in um, Digimon World 3, that one video game. You could pick him. Uh, I don't think he's ever been a protagonist or anything else. So it's really cool to see uh, Doromon. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about Ryodomon as well. Though I am aware that Ryodomon was present in um, Ghost Game. So yeah, again, thanks for joining me, everyone. I do appreciate it. Have a prodigious day and take care.